We're going to be sending out one of our best out of this house. John and Kathy Poisel have been in a season of transition. This is something that I was aware of before Robbie and I took a, a, a break this summer. And so over the last four or five months, there's been a process of praying and, and, and communicating and informational stuff. And it looks like right now what we're going to be doing is John and Kathy will be going out of this house to shepherd, to lead pastor a church up in Kenai, Alaska. And it's, it's, it's going to be an amazing, it's a great little church. Yeah, it's good. It hurts a little, but you know, it should, because when you send out some of your best, there's a, there's something there, but we're excited. Uh, I've been in communication with a couple of the elders up there, got a beautiful little church, great elders. And uh, I was talking to one of the elders up there and we were, we were just talking about John. He just wants to know everything about John. And I said, listen, he's got enough. He's got enough good theology. He's got enough flannel shirt. He's got enough chainsaw. He's going to fit right in up there in Kenai, Alaska, right? And we've had a couple guys already that heard about it and go, hey, you thinking he could use a little help every once in a while? I think he could. But uh, listen, we've got a great transition going. We've got some new uh, children's ministry leaders. We're going to be giving you some more information on that in the, in the next few days. But I want you to give a warm welcome to Pastor John Poisel as he comes to share the word this morning. Amen. You guys, come on. I don't know if this is like the best circumstances or the worst circumstances to get up and preach. You know what I'm saying? There's so much emotion already. This place is just electric. Um, but if you know me, I don't shy away from emotion. You're going to see this big guy cry. You're going you're gonna to see uh, a lot of things happen when God get, comes upon you. I believe that emotion is not something that we should be shying away from. It's not something we should give ourselves to, but it's also something that God uses to minister to us. So uh, this morning, I'm going to move that to the side because I like to move around a lot, okay? Uh, <clears throat> this morning, I would really like to, uh, I'm, so, I'm so excited about the message that God has put on my heart, and uh, the title of it is Famous for Love. You see, there's a lot of things that, that have to do with becoming famous, and, and fame is kind of a big deal in our world. You think about all the different ways and the different things that people become famous for. But today, I, I think that the Holy Spirit is wanting to talk to this house and to every person who's listening. If you're listening online, God wants to talk to you about what He wants you to be famous for. You know, with the, uh, with the invention of the internet, becoming worldwide famous suddenly take, took on a whole new opportunity. Never before in history could someone anywhere in the world become seen everywhere in the world. But suddenly it was possible, right? How many of you remember that? Remember that when that all kind of started? You guys remember that? Okay. Some of you are a little young for that, but the, the internet didn't always exist, okay? Like it just wasn't always there, okay? It wasn't like time or something, okay? You know, I love, I love sometimes when uh, our kids, and as they're getting, um, growing up, I, I remember one of my favorite things, uh, was uh, I, I didn't realize like children who had not seen like an LP before. And uh, I remember one of our children coming home from public school and in, in music class, um, they had played some LPs, you know, some records for those that's a black, big round things, okay? Just in case you're not. 
and I remember my son saying to us, Dad, they had these huge CDs. You know? <laughs> but the internet hasn't always existed, but it has changed. It's been a game changer for fame. And, and, and the internet was just the beginning. Now with platforms like Instagram and Twitter and TikTok, you can do all kinds of things. You can literally go from being like invisible to being an international celebrity overnight. And you can fall from that just as fast. Right? And so people invest tons of energy into remaining famous. First they have to get famous, but then they have to remain famous. So, so they're pursuing more followers and, and they're, they're trying to broaden their, their, their coverage and they're trying to get more people watching them and, and, and just deepen that awareness of, of who they are and what they're doing. And they will go to extreme lengths. They will try to buy more followers. They will, they will put on like elaborate stunts. They will sometimes even just outright lie so that they can maintain some level of fame for just a little bit longer. But what does that have to do with us? What does that have to do with being a follower of Christ? What does fame really have to do with the walk that God has for us? Is it okay for a Christian to become famous? Should we kind of shy away from the attention of our culture? And if we were to become famous, what should we be famous for? Like, these are real questions. Let's answer them. What does the Bible say? Well, it doesn't actually say anywhere that you can't be famous. And if you think about some of the characters that we see highlighted in God's word, some of them were famous. Like, I think by the time that the, the, the exodus took place, everybody knew who Moses was. Right? That <laughs> that's that guy. <laughs> that's that guy. <laughs> that's the guy with the stick that does the thing, you know. Woo. That's crazy. That's that guy. That's that guy. That's that guy. Right? Everybody knew. Everybody in 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 Israel knew who Gideon was. Just about everybody in the known world knew who King Solomon was. You see, God doesn't have a problem with us being famous. But now let's look at the other side because the Bible has a lot of things things to say about not desiring the approval of man. So that kind of throws a little something in the mix there because you're like, okay, well, you just said it's okay to be famous, but we're not supposed to desire the approval of man. So how's this work? Well, it's that last question that matters the most because the last question is what exactly is it that we're supposed to be famous for, right? Like, if I'm going to be famous as a believer, what am I going to be famous for? And Jesus made it really easy for us. Don't you guys just love that, how Jesus makes it easy? Like, he has this way of, we're like, that's impossible. And he's like, I got this. I got this. Come on. So in John chapter 13, verse 35, Jesus made it plain and simple. What did he want? What he wanted us to be famous for. He said, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. That's it. He made it simple. He's like, everything else can can come and go, but there's one thing I want you to be known for. He's like, there's one thing I want you to be famous for. I want you to be famous for love. He's like, when they look at you, I want them to say, oh, I know who they are. They follow Jesus. I can see it in their love. 
I can see it in their love. I'm telling you, it's such an amazing thing. It's such an amazing thing. Guys, we're going to take a journey this morning into a story um, that is all about love. And, it's, and, and, I, and I believe this morning that God is going to really minister to our hearts. But before we do, can we just bow our heads together? Father, this morning, we open our hearts to you. And our prayer is that you would open your heart to us. God, we need your word to speak into our lives and transform us into the image of your son, Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. Amen. You guys, I, I am so excited to share with you from one of the shortest books in the New Testament, okay? It's fun, okay? It's just fun, okay? But before we do that, we need to talk a little bit about what Jesus was saying here, okay? Because this is, this is a big deal, what he was saying here. You see, what Jesus said in that, in that short passage about what we're supposed to be famous for is like the sweetened, condensed version of the love chapter. You see, 1 Corinthians 13 is the love chapter. How many of y'all know about that? Anybody in the house know about Corinthians 13? Some of you that don't even, haven't even read the Bible may have known about it. You see, love is patient, love is kind. You'll see these cool little plaques about it. Like they'll have them at like the, you know, craft stores or whatever. Love is patient, love is kind. Sounds like, like an impossible checklist sometimes, right? Right? But what it is is this beautiful description of what God values. He values love. And you know why I know it's what he values is because that's his gift to us. He said, you guys are the most important, so I'm going to give you the greatest gift, and that's love. And if you read that passage, that it, it goes over the attributes of love, but it's also paired with this stark transition or, 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 or comparison, I guess you might say, between everything else that we would expect the Holy Spirit to be about and love. And while Paul says nothing negative about the other movements or the other actions of the Holy Spirit, what he does say is they all take back seat to love. You see, Paul puts it really simply in the, in the last verse or the last part of that passage in chapter 13 and verse 13. And he says, and now these three remain. Faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You see, he'd already gone through everything else. He'd talked about prophecy. He'd talked about miracles. He'd talked about all kinds of things. But he said, you know what? It's going to boil down to a couple really simple things. And the greatest of those things is love. And so this morning, as, as I want to talk to you about what Jesus is about in his church today, what Jesus wants to be about in your life today, I want you to know that as he is building his brand, as he is building his fame, he's banking more than anything on one thing, and that's love. He's banking on love more than miracles. He's banking on love more than knowledge. He's banking on love more than success. Does Jesus want all those things for your life? You better believe he does. But if he says, if I'm going to put my, my stamp upon one thing and I'm going to say this matters most, then what it is, is love. See, it wasn't any of those other things that he said, you'll be known by this. 
He didn't say you're going to be known by being the most miraculous church on the block. He didn't say you're going to be known because you're just like the the most enthusiastic person. He didn't say "You're, you're going to be known because you just have the wisdom of God. He said you're going to be known. You're going to be famous for love. So turn with me, flip with me, scroll with me, however you open your Bible these days, okay? To Philemon. Not filet mignon, okay? We're going to talk about food in a minute. It's Philemon, okay? And, and, it's, and, and don't blink because it's short, okay? In most paper Bibles, it's one page. It's a one-pager. You can be like, I read a whole book of the Bible this morning in my devotions. What y'all do, you know, right? You guys go home and do that. You can do that. You can read it twice today and you're just barely getting started. Philemon is an amazing, amazing story. Don't overlook it because of its length. It's short, but it's powerful. It's like dynamite, okay? And what it is, is it's a letter written by the Apostle Paul from prison to a man named Philemon. And Philemon was the host of a church in his own house. You see, at that time, they, the church didn't own buildings necessarily yet, but they would, what someone would do is they would come to Christ and they would say, I want a place for believers to gather. If you're not gathering regular, you're not following God's plan. This has been his plan from the beginning. And, and so Philemon had opened up his home and he, and he was hosting a church in his house. And Paul wrote to him this letter. And it's a good letter, guys. It reads the opening. I'm going to read you the first seven verses, but it reads like a great review, right? It's good. So it says, Paul, a prisoner of Christ Jesus and Timothy, our brother, to Philemon, our dear friend and fellow worker, also to Aphia, our sister, and Archippus, our fellow soldier, and to the church that meets in your home. Grace and peace to you from our God and Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I always thank my God as I remember you in my prayers because I hear about your love. I hear about your love for all his holy people and your faith in the Lord Jesus. I pray that your partnership with us in the faith may be effective in deepening your understanding of every good thing that we share for the sake of Christ Your love has given me great joy and encouragement because you, brother, have refreshed the hearts of the Lord's people. This is just so good, guys. The language here is amazing. Before we talk about like what he's saying about what's happening there, I just, I can't get over his greeting because it it actually is so fitting of a healthy church. His greeting doesn't, it's such a beautiful balance of strength and connectivity, of direction and belonging, of family and the family business. Look at the words he greets them with. He doesn't just choose these by mistake. The Holy Spirit inspired these words and he speaks over them. He says, he says, dear friend. He says, sister. You guys, you guys hear those connected words? That's, 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 that's connectivity. That's a body of believers that knows how to, to, to engage one another and be family. But he also chooses fellow worker and soldier. This is not just a family that just hung out. This is a family that was about the father's biz. 
Like they were, they were, they were a church that was going where God wanted them to go. So when we read this review, like we're hearing about a place where we're just in his greeting. He's like, man, you guys got it going on. You guys are, you guys, God is doing something great. He has connected you. He has knit you together as a body of believers and you're about our father's business. This is so good. But then he starts to talk about who they are and what they're famous for. Listen to what he says. He heard this in prison in Rome. Right? He's like, I heard about your love. This isn't just a a, a prophetic statement. He doesn't just say, I know that you love people because you are Christians. Right? He's like, I heard about it. It was so good. I'm here in chains. I need something to be excited for. And I heard about your love. Now, mind you, they're a church of action, so he could have heard about other things. But what does he want to write about? In his review of their church, he wants to write about their love. Oh, in the middle there, there's this awesome prayer. Dude, that prayer that he prays for them, it's like, it's like he's saying, I want God to deepen you and grow you in every good thing. Who does not want the Apostle Paul praying that over them? Come on, you know. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Deepen and grow me in every good thing. But he can't stop talking about their love. As soon as he gets that out of his, off, out of the pen there, he starts writing more about their love. He says, you have refreshed the brethren. Your love is just so refreshing. It's so amazing. Paul got it. Paul knew what Jesus had said. He knew that there was an importance to love. I mean, what he's saying is so, it's so awesome. It's like, it's like a Google review of a good restaurant. Come on. When you review a restaurant, there's, there's a lot of things that are important. I mean, you're all pretty sophisticated. I can tell. And so you care about things, but there's one thing you want to hear. So like when you're reading a review, you, you, you're happy if the reviewer is like, oh, I was really, was really, you know, blessed by the person who greeted me at the door. They were so, you know, nice and everything. And you're like, that's cool. But when they say, I could not get over those ribs, they were insane. You're like, mm, that place sounded good now, right? You know, you're, if, if they say the atmosphere was lovely, you're going to be like, cool. But when they say like, I wish I could try everything on their menu because everything is delicious. Then you're going to be like, that's what I'm talking about, Right? Because seriously, there's no apology in giving a restaurant a good review because of their food. Does the other stuff matter? Of course it does. But if they ain't got good food, what's the matter? It's a restaurant, right? It ain't a health club. It ain't a theater. It ain't a museum. It's a restaurant. It's about food. If the food ain't no good, it don't matter, right? Like it don't matter how nice it is and fancy it is and if the person smiled at you. I mean, all that matters. Don't get me wrong. That does matter. But the food matters. And I think that's what Paul's doing here in this review that he's given over Philemon's house church. He's he's saying to them, he's like, oh man, there's so many things. You know how many people they were gathering at Philemon's house last week? Did you realize they had six people healed? All that stuff could have been in there, right? But that's not what he camps on. What does he camp on? I heard about your love. I felt, I, I, I could just see the love of God pouring through you. And that's what I want to write about. That's the review I want to write. So I'm going to get personal here for just a moment. Um, 
If you're watching online and you've never visited House of the Lord, if you have any way of getting here in person, please do. If you, if you can't, just keep watching. God's going to bless you and He's going to lead you to a place of connection wherever you are. But uh, I need to get personal about this house. I'm going to give this house a review, okay, guys? And I'm, and I'm going to try not to like lose it, okay? Because this is like, this is my house. So I want to start with my first visit to House of the Lord. My first visit to House of the Lord. I didn't come here as a preacher or a pastor or a leader. Oh, I had been one in the past. But what I came here as a man who was hurt, struggling with anger, not knowing where I belonged. And I was greeted at the door right over there by a man named Ron Tucker. And when Ron reached out and took my hand and welcomed me and welcomed my family, I knew I was loved. Something supernatural took place in that moment. And I'm here to tell you guys, it wasn't amazing worship, although we have it. It wasn't powerful preaching, although it's here, that anchored the Poisel family to house of the Lord. It was the love that came through a greeter right there at the door. Let's fast forward a few years. A few years ago, I made friends with a man named Jimmy. Some of you may remember him. He's gone to be with the Lord now. He's about this tall, okay? He talked like this. Let me tell you about Jimmy's beginnings at House of the Lord. When Jimmy came to House of the Lord, he was a broken man. And he came here because he was broke. <laughs> the last Thursday of every month, he would show up here. Because we used to have dinner every, here, every Thursday night here um, for a House of Recovery that we were doing then. And, and uh, that's why he, he came is because he was out of money by the last week of the month, every month, and so he would come here to get food, to eat dinner. And uh, at least that's why he thought he was coming. You know, because pretty soon, the love of God began to draw Jimmy in. Because he was a hermit. He'd broken everything in his life, from his body to his family, to his finances. Jimmy didn't have one thing left that wasn't broken. But he also didn't have one thing left that the love of God couldn't fix. And so it was the love of God pouring through people here that, that drew him to continue to come. It was the love of God that, that spoke to him one day. And he actually asked the question, could God actually love me? And I'm pleased to say that he was told, yes, God loves you just the way you are. And he sent his son to die on the cross for you. And so Jimmy was brought into the kingdom through love. And he grew in that love. And he testified that these, the few years he had here, were the best years of his life. I remember near the end of his life, sitting with him and having him just crying one night. And I couldn't figure out why he was crying. And he said, I have never felt love like this. He said, I can't even remember anything close since I was like eight years old before my grandma died. 
He's like, you guys just love me. And I said, Jimmy, God loves you and we do too. Guys, love changes people's lives. I could go on and on. I literally could tell you story after story, person after person, and some of them involve prophecy, and some of them involve miracles. There's healings, there's restoration, there's all kinds of amazing things that the Holy Spirit is doing here at this place called House of the Lord. But I can't tell you one of those stories that doesn't have love in it. Not a single one doesn't have love in it. Because love is what God is making this place famous for. Let me give you one more though. I do want to do one more because it's my most recent visit to this house. Friday night. This Friday night. This house knows how to throw a party. Officially a house party. Okay? Right? Right? We're talking like if you didn't come to Fall Carnival, you have no idea. Okay? Like you have no idea. If you didn't come, you don't know. Because like this whole place was transformed. I mean, we had carnival games. We had um, a big prize station. Like make Chuck E. Cheese's look like nothing, man. Looks like a convenience store. I mean, it's like, I mean, our, our place is called Fall Mart. It's got it all going on, right? Like it's awesome. We, we had dinner being served. We had face painting going on. We had games and prizes and activities. And like right here where y'all are sitting, none of these chairs were here. All these chairs were gone. And there was an inflatable that touched the ceiling and kids were climbing on it and like going up and down and down slides and stuff. I mean, there was like 500 people roaming through this house from our community on Friday night. And they were getting, you know what they were getting all poured all over them? Love. That's right. Love was pouring out of our kitchen from our prime timers. Love was pouring out, was being painted on people's faces. Love was being served out in, in, in games and activities and, and all over the place. I mean, these, these families were just bouncing in love. You don't tell me that that doesn't make a place famous. I'm watching families come out. I mean, shoot, we even had like a seven foot tall Chewbacca over there. I mean, he was crazy. I mean, a real live one. And you know what he was doing? He was loving people. If they'd let him. Some of the kids were like, ah! Right? Right? But seriously, I'm, I'm watching families come out that I have never seen before. And they are just, just soaked in love. And this testimony is spreading, guys. People are telling us and they're coming to us and they're saying, just like the Apostle Paul, they're saying, I heard about it. I heard about it. I heard about it. I heard about the love. I heard about what God's doing there. I heard about the love. Oh, sure, they're hearing about miracles and they're hearing about other things. But remember, that's not what Jesus placed his focus on. You see, guys, God is famous for a lot of things. God is famous because he can speak things into existence, like the whole universe. God is famous because of his authority. God is famous because of all of it, just of who he is. He's God. But he chose one thing for his church to be famous for, and that's love. Oh, don't get me wrong, friend. The same Holy Spirit that is going to show up and do miracles in your life. But he's like, put the miracles in the back seat. Put the love in the front. Put the love in the front. I feel like this morning, 
like what God is saying to this house and what God is saying to you if you're listening online, what God is speaking over his people this morning is I have more for you. You see, he's saying, I have more for you. Remember what Paul's prayer was. He said, I want you to deepen and grow in every good thing. You see, you hear me talking about all this love and all this love and all this love. And you're like, I don't know how love is going to heal my leg or, or fix my finances or whatever. And I'm like, I understand that. I understand that. Don't you think God understands that? He wants you to have every good thing. But what he says is you focus on the love. He says, you want to see what the Holy Spirit's doing in your life? That, that passage that we were talking about, can you put back up John 13, 35? It says, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Guys, this is, this is kind of one of those things where we've kind of got the wrong idea in our heads sometimes. And we've been like, we've been like, so be polite to people because you're a Christian, <laughs> right? Right? Or how about this one? I don't care whether you like them or not, you're going to be nice. Be nice. You're representing God, so be nice, whether you like them or not. That's the way we've heard that sometimes. I think, I mean, come on, be honest. But that's not what he was doing. You see, what he was actually doing here was he was actually giving you the best, most accurate way for you to know if your life is yielded to the Holy Spirit. You see, he didn't say like, you are truly yielded to the Holy Spirit if you pray this long every day. He didn't say, you are truly yielded to the Holy Spirit and, and you are truly my disciple if, if this many miracles happen in your life every month. Should those things be important? You better believe it. But they're not the measuring stick. They're not the accurate one. He said, do you want to know if your life is moving in line with mine? That's what it means to be a disciple, a follower. A little Christ, that's what Christian means, by the way. It means little Christ or imitator of Christ. And he says, do you want to know how to know if that's happening in your life? Show me the love. He's like, show me the love. Show me the love. He's, you want to know if God's at work in your home? Where's the love? You want to know if God's at work in, in, in your church? Where's the love? If, you want to, if you're trying to choose a mentor for your life, you don't have to, to, to go after the mentor that's the coolest. Go after the one that most shows the love of God that you desire in your life. And you will find someone that, that will mentor you. You see, God banks it all on the love. And so this morning, I believe that, that God wants you to hear, I have more for you. And the, the way I'm going to take you there is through the love. You see, I believe that the Holy Spirit is saying that right now. He's saying, I have more for you. If you're sitting here this morning and you've never received Christ, the Holy Spirit is saying, I have salvation for you. Yes. If you're sitting here this morning and you've been serving God for, for decades, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, I have more for you. You see, it doesn't matter how long you've been serving God or how close you thought you've gotten. You ain't seen nothing yet. The Bible says that, that when we see God in his glory, that, that, that literally like no tongue will be able to confess it. It's just going to be so amazing. He is so amazing. He is so much more, so exceedingly highly above what you can think or imagine 
So I'm telling you this morning that the Holy Spirit is speaking to you and he's saying, I have more. I have more for you. I have more for you. I have more for you. If you're broken this morning, he has more for you. If you're hurting this morning, he has more for you. And the pathway he's going to take you on is a pathway of love because he doesn't want it to be about works. He doesn't want it to be about you. Like, like, you know, tucking in your shirt and I'm going to be a great person and everything's going to be great. And Dude, that's not how God's going to do it. He's going to do it by pouring his love all over you. And you're going to allow him to love you and allow him to fill you. Let me tell you really quickly about the rest of Philemon. By the way, go home and read it. It's one page, folks. Okay? Read 1 Corinthians 13. You'll have read two pages in the Bible. I'm so proud of you. Okay? Seriously, read it yourself. But but let me tell you. I'm just going to tell you the rest of the story. Because Philemon doesn't stop with this awesome review of this cool house church where there's just this love just oozing out the doors. You see, Philemon is also a letter that's coming from a coach. You see, Paul was like their father, like their coach. He actually was the one who led Philemon to Christ. He was the one who who basically like planted this church and, and he's writing to them and he's just so excited. But just like any good coach, he doesn't just write about their game yesterday. He writes about the game that they're going to be having tomorrow. And while he's praying for them to have every good thing, he gives them a pathway to get there. He gives them a pathway to get there. He, he, he says something that he wants them to do that's actually kind of hard. Now, I've been telling you guys that, that, that this love is a gift. And you need to know that. You need to know that. It doesn't come from within you. You, can't, you don't have to worry if you sit here and say, I was never really taught how to love. I grew up in a very dysfunctional home. That's okay. God doesn't need your love to fill up the cup. He's got plenty. He ain't never going to run out. He ain't never going to run out. He doesn't have to worry. You don't have to worry about what you bring to the table. But there is something that you need to be aware of. You need to be aware of what you may need to let go. You see, in Philemon's story, there's something he's got to let go to go on to the next level of outpouring that God has for that house church. You see, in his day and age, no matter how you feel about it, there was this thing called slavery. And he actually owned slaves. Philemon was probably a fairly wealthy person. That's why the church is at his house, because it's big, right? It's not in the apartment. It's like at the big guy's house, the big house, right? But sometime in the past, I don't know when, the Bible doesn't tell us, but sometime in the past, Philemon had a slave who went and ran away. And, And most theologians or a lot of theologians believe because it was the custom of the time that this slave probably robbed him on the way out they usually would do so because they felt like they, the, the master owed it to them like they owed them their freedom and they probably owed them more than that and so they would probably rob them or participate in some sort of additional insult besides just running away but there was a guy that we read about in this short letter from the Apostle Paul. And his name is Omnisimus. And guess who he ran into in prison? Omnisimus ran into Apostle Paul. Well, there's just a little dink, right? I don't think so. Because the Holy Spirit had a plan. He had a plan to grow the love in Philemon's house. And his plan wasn't to send Omnisimus back there to work for the rest of his life necessarily. His plan for him to send Omnisimus back there 
to be received in love as a brother and a fellow worker in the church. You see, Paul writes him and he says, hey, I'm sending Onesimus to you and I want you to receive him in love. And that pathway that I just mentioned that Paul gave him was really simple. He's like, let the love that's already there. He already was talking to them about the love of God. And he's like, let God's love do the work. So this morning, whatever it is that God wants to do in your life, however impossible it may seem, the only part of it that you really have to be concerned with is letting go of whatever's in the way of what he's trying to put in. You see, God wants to fill you up. He wants to fill you up. Guys, I can't say it enough. This morning, God wants to fill people up. And the only part of it that you have to be concerned with is what you need to let go. Because we've got to empty our hands to receive the gift. You could say this morning, well, I've tried to let go of that before. My family's tried to let go of that before. You don't know how important this is. I don't know, Jesus banked everything on saying, I want to fill you with my love. I want to fill you with my spirit. I want to fill you up so overflowing. Why don't you let his love have a chance? Why don't you let his love have a chance? I'm going to give you like a secret right now. Shouldn't be a secret, but it is. Somehow it is. In the church in America, there's this like this secret to being a good Christian. And it shouldn't be a secret. Because we all get caught up on things. We we get caught up on trying to produce the fruits of righteousness. We get caught up trying to do all these things and be a good person and do all these things and, and walk with the Lord. We're like, I'm just trying to be a good Christian. I'm just trying to walk with the Lord. I'm just trying to lead my family. And there's this secret that's so simple that we need to share with everyone. If you want to maintain your position with the Lord, fall forward. What do you mean, Pastor John, fall forward? I mean, when you realize that it's him doing it the whole time, just fall forward into his arms. You don't save yourself. You don't heal yourself. You don't fix your family. It's him. It's him. You're facing something in your life. Just fall forward into his love. And he's going to cover you and fill you with his love. It's his love, guys. He didn't hold nothing back. The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Come on, the most known verse in the entire Bible, John 3, 16. For God so the world that he gave his only son. Guys, he didn't hold nothing back. So whatever it is that's in your hands that you're propping yourself up with, that you're trying to hang on to. I mean, um, Philemon had to forgive Omnesimus. He had to let go of personal loss. He had to let go of pride. He had to let go of trust issues. Am I going to let this guy back in my house? He had to let it all go because he needed the love of God to move more in his life. He needed the love of God to move more in this church that he was leading. He needed the, you, this morning, you are leading 
your, yourself, your family, you're watched in your community. And I'm telling you guys, we need the love of God to move in us. So I'm going to do something here. I'm going to say a short prayer, I promise. It'll be short. And then we're going to close this service out. But I believe that this is the kind of service that you need to respond to. So this morning, I just want to encourage you. First of all, if you're here this morning, you're saying, I want that love in my life. I've never experienced it. Or I experienced it once and I walked away from that love. I'm telling you, friend, this morning is your morning for salvation. God wants to meet you right there. Right there. It doesn't take anything. What do you, you say, well, Pastor John, you said you have to let go of things. Yeah, you're going to let go of sin, shame, failure. What's a good deal, <laughs> right? You're going to let go of control and put him in control. If that's you this morning, you're saying today is the day of salvation for me. Just wave at me. Don't be afraid. Don't, this, is a, this is not a shameful thing. Come on, come on. Amen, amen. I see it. Come on, come on. If, yes. If, if you're watching online, stop waving. It does. I can't see you, okay? Seriously. But there are some instructions that are come, gonna come on and you can reach out. We wanna connect with you. This could be your day of salvation. And so if you receive salvation today, please text H-O-T-L to 97,000. But this morning, we're going to have the prayer teams come up. Go ahead and start making your way up, prayer teams. Salvation, if you're receiving salvation this morning, you're going to come over here in just a moment when I pray. If, if that's you or if you're recommitting your life to Christ, even if it's the 10th time, it doesn't matter. If you feel like you need to, to get right with God and get salvation, you're going to be right over here on this side. Otherwise, this front is going to start filling up with people who know how to pray. You guys all know who you are, prayer teams. If you weren't scheduled this morning, but you feel the Holy Spirit's moving you up, go ahead and come on up. And I'm going to pray a prayer, and then I'm just going to release the rest of y'all, okay? I'm going to release you this morning, but I encourage you, this is the type of moment when God is saying, respond. God is saying, respond. Father, I just thank you so much. I thank you because you held nothing back in loving us. God, I thank you that you didn't make us learn it or earn it. You simply chose to give your love to us. I thank you for paying for that opportunity with your very own son. So this morning, my prayer over every person hearing this message, whether in person or online, my prayer this morning is that we would hold nothing back from you. Father, I pray that around this room, whether in their seats or with a prayer team, that every single one of us would fall forward into your love. And I pray that this house would become more and more and more and more famous for your love. God, I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.